Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You are watching your almost daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist on Twitter and Bitcoin Hairstylist on Instagram. I am here throughout the week and I explain crypto and Web3 while keeping you up to date on all the latest. Today's news and updates is all about a recap and the latest updates in the crypto market meltdown. Terra Luna crashes, Celsius halts, halts withdrawals, Three Arrows Capital goes dark, Voyager Exchange teeters, BlockFi exchange teeters, new developments have surfaced. What is the latest with all of these and how are they all connected? Not to worry, I'll explain it all. But first, if you like or don't like the content, please let me know by leaving a comment below. If you're listening on podcast, please give me a rating. Five stars is preferable. And follow me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that subscribe button, ring the bell. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. Just to be clear and litigious, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can use the links below to do your own research. All right. I hope you all had a great weekend. A lot of information has come to light. And um, let's see, in understanding the latest in the crypto market meltdown, understanding what happened will help us look and think about price. Is the price going up? Is the price going down? Well, we have the macro issues, inflation, supply chain issues, war, fear of more war, interest rates going up, reduction of liquidity injections, and recession fears on the horizon. Those things have to play out, but crypto has its specific issues to contest with, understanding that what I'm sorry, understanding what happened will help us understand the players and how the industry works and makes decisions. Okay, so to recap, Terra Luna collapsed due, due to a de-pegging of a stable coin and a death spiral collapse of UST Terra and the Luna sister token. UST was an algorithmic stablecoin pegged to the US dollar. However, they had very little backing in most of the reserves back in the value was crypto. As a matter of fact, there have been some shadiness going on with this. And I have something fascinating to share with you. If you're listening on podcast, no worries. Uh, you will be able to hear everything. But if you want to follow along, you can use the links below. And all right. The hacker group Anonymous has come out with this video about Do Kwan and the Terra Luna collapse. Greetings, citizens of the world. This is a message from Anonymous for Do Kwan. The past several months have been bad for crypto and the economy as a whole. We were likely going to experience some pain in the crypto industry because of the macro environment regardless of what was happening internally. We were also due for another bear market this year, but the actions of Duke Juan, the founder of the Terra Luna ecosystem, is single-handedly responsible for scamming billions of dollars away from retail investors. Duke Juan made a name for himself with his arrogant tactics, trolling competitors, critics, and acting like he would never fail. In fact, he said that he found it entertaining to watch other projects fail. I wonder how many of uh, these companies you think are entering the space just because it's hot and there's a lot of funding versus the ones that will s still be here, you know, like two to five years later. 95% oh, <laughs> are going to die. Yeah. 95% are going to die. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's also entertainment in watching companies die too. There's entertainment. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's so <laughs> evil. At least you get to learn from it, right? On one occasion, he called a journalist poor for asking him difficult questions. However, he was quickly knocked down by the markets. The louder they are, the harder they tend to fall. News has now come to light that he was cashing out over $80 million each month as Luna was successful. Duke Juan denied these accusations in a roundabout way, 
but not exactly. In a recent Twitter post, Duquan denied cashing out $2.7 billion, but that doesn't account for the $80 million each month that he was apparently taking. He claims that he lost most of his money along with everyone else in the market, and that he was also all in on Luna. The information that he was taking millions from the protocol each month comes from testimony of Terra Labs employees during interviews with the SEC. As a result, Duquan is being investigated for money laundering, in addition to the other accusations against him of malice and fraud. Sometimes people just make mistakes, and sometimes businesses fail, but there is significant evidence that Duquan had bad intentions from the start. It's a cycle of life. You begin from nothing and go back to nothing. And that's exactly where I want to be. So I think Terra is going to be the decentralized money standard across the entire blockchain, across all the blockchains. And I'm excited for Terraform Labs to contribute a significant portion of that early vision, but eventually to go back to nothing. Before launching Terra Luna, Duquan worked for another failed stablecoin called Basis Cash. That project failed due to regulatory concerns and investors lost money, but he was never held accountable because he was working under the anonymous name Rick Sanchez, taken from the popular cartoon Rick and Morty. It is obvious to us that Duquan has plenty of secrets and he has been very sloppy in his execution. Multiple governments are conducting their own investigations into the scammer, but so are we. Anonymous is looking into Duquan's entire history since he entered the crypto space, to see what we can learn and bring to light. There is no doubt that there are many more crimes to be discovered in your trail of destruction. Duquan, if you are listening. Sadly, there is nothing that can be done to reverse the damage that you have done. At this point, the only thing that we can do is hold you accountable and make sure that you are brought to justice as soon as possible. We are anonymous. We are legion. Expect us. What? Anonymous. Ah, man. I do not want to be on the receiving end of uh, of of the anon of anonymous hacker group. If you don't know who they are, I think you should look into them. But they are notorious for taking people down and leaking information, hacking groups, and it. Anyway, definitely don't want to be in the receiving end of this. So, yeah, what do you think about that? I think that this is nuts. So, so this is all pure crazy stuff. During their collapse of Terra Luna, $56 billion of, of wealth was erased. In the midst of this collapse, they sold their treasury of 80,000 Bitcoin. This created fear and selling pressure, pulling down the market. And this also happened on the heels of worse than expected inflation numbers. Then following month, we had worse than expression expect inflation numbers, the highest in 40 years, and then a bigger collapse. At first, I couldn't tell if these things were connected. They seem to be a product of inflation and QT from the Fed. Turns out the collapse was going was ongoing. It involved Celsius having exposure to Luna. Three Arrows Capital Hedge Fund had exposure to Luna and Celsius. The Voyager Exchange lent money to 3AC. 3AC can't pay. 3AC is Three Arrows Capital. Voyager hurting leads to a bailout. And the and the same has happened to BlockFi exchange and and lending platform. So let's get into this all this stuff here. Don't worry, uh, that's a lot. So uh, I'm gonna try to get through this as quickly as possible. But um, please leave a comment below if you have any questions. Author Tracy Wang reports for CoinDesk. Morgan Creek is trying to counter FTX's BlockFi bailout leaked call shows. FTX's 250 million dollar credit facility offer, if inked, is 
as initially proposed, stood to effectively wipe out BlockFi shareholders, including Morgan Creek Digital. So let's start with BlockFi. What is BlockFi? Well, BlockFi says their interest... Their mission is to earn interest, borrow cash, and trade crypto for the most trusted financial service providers in crypto. Redefine Banking. Founded in 2017 by Zach Prince and Flory Marquez, BlockFi was created to provide credit services to markets with limited access to simple financial products. BlockFi sets itself apart from the crypto service providers by pairing competitive rates with institutional quality benefits. BlockFi is the only independent lender with institutional backing from investors that include Valar Ventures, Galaxy Digital, Fidelity, blah, 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 blah. All right. So that is who BlockFi. Basically, it's like a lending platform. It's basically like a bank. You put your money in and they lend it out. And um all right, so I'm just going to jump right into this story here. Let's see. Okay, I've been making calls all day, Morgan Creek Digital part Managing Partner Mark Yusko said on leaked call. After, according to Yusko, the FTX credit line proposal had a batch for BlockFi's existing shareholders. It gave FTX the option to buy BlockFi at essentially zero price. If FTX were to exercise said option, it would effectively wipe out all of BlockFi's existing equity shareholders. Yusko said on the leaked call that BlockFi founder Zach Prince of Floyd Marquez had valid reason for preliminary accepting the terms. Of the several emergency financing offers BlockFi received, FTX was the only one that would not subordinate client assets to the rescuer. So basically, if you have money in BlockFi, it'll be safe under Celsius's terms. Celsius is, or sorry, if you have assets on BlockFi, it'll be safe according to FTX's term bailout terms. It was the only one. All the others would probably have taken your money if you had money on there. Um, and other, yeah. All right. So what do you think about this? I think this is great. BlockFi had exposure to Three Arrows Capital, and this is one of the reasons why they need needed a bailout. So who is Three Arrows Capital? This is important or 3AC. This is important because they are impact they have impacted others as well. So you got BlockFi getting a bailout. So let's move on. So who is 3 Arrows Capital? 3 Arrows Capital is a Singapore-based hedge fund that invests in crypto projects with high risk returns. Founded in 2020 2012, 3AC is now one of the most influential market cap market, sorry, most influential venture capitals that can lead the narratives of the market. Besides investing in potential crypto projects, 3AC also diversifies the portfolio by buying crypto shares, such as like Bitcoin uh, from Grayscale Trust. They own more than a billion dollars worth, 6%. And it says 3AC has well-built capital and can manage the flow to reduce risk of failed investments. Well, um, I think it's important to point out that this uh, article was written like three years ago. So this is an uh, article by Charlie. That's it. Just Charlie. There's no name. You can see it here. What is Three Arrows Capital? Um, so this is written on New Year's Day. Uh, so this is like before the crash happened. So they are saying that this is a great hedge fund, but I guess not okay moving on 
Oh my gosh. Um, now that we know who they are, let me know what you think about them and let's kind of comment below and uh, let's kind of move on. So, you know, who three years capital is, you know, what's, you know, what's happened so far with, um, with, yeah, we did the recap. All right. So um, we talked about BlockFi and how they're getting a bailout because they have of their exposure three arrows capital at least them if not more we their estimates at 250 million dollar exposure so it could be more there could be other issues but BlockFi is getting bailed out by ftx now voyager <clears throat> let's talk about voyager author dylan leclerc and sam rule report for bitcoin magazine voyager announces large exposure to three arrows capital voyager Dent digital lent over half of its loan book three arrows capital and announced major losses due to this exposure the company's stock took a massive hit so who is voyager let's find out all right it says, what is Voyager? The Voyager platform was brought into existence in 2017 by four Wall Street and Silicon Valley entrepreneurs in New Jersey to establish an improved, guiltless, and cost-efficient substitute for digital trading assets. The Voyager operates as a crypto broker offering the institutional and privatized investors a platform that lets them trade across multiple exchanges. So that's cool. So it's like an exchange, but it taps other exchanges. And... Um, Let's see. Voyager coalesces. The Voyager coalesces the fragmented ecosystem of cryptocurrencies by offering investors incomparable speed with induced liquidity and secure systems to store digital assets. All right. Uh, so let's go jump back to this uh, article about Voyager. All right. So we know three years capital was is one of the largest hedge funds in the crypto space, and they were seen as being amazing. So you had you had BlockFi lending to them and that turned out bad. So they had to get a bailout from FTX. Now, Voyager turns out Voyager lent half of its loan book to three years capital and three years capital is going down. So uh, let's see here. All right. So let's kind of jump into this Voyager story. I'm going to read some of these tweets here. Voyager's exposure to 3SC consists of 15,250 Bitcoin and 350 million USDC. 3AC has not repaid requested amounts. So 15,000 Bitcoin right now, if they're worth 20,000, is like, what is that, 300 million? So, I mean, it's a lot of money. So 15, let's I'm just pull my calculator up real quick. 15,000. 250 times 20,000, 305 million. Yeah. So plus a 350 million USDC and they have not replayed it. Voyager, Voyager failure to pay by June 27th will constitute an event of default and they pursue recovery from 3AC. And then it goes on to say, anyone know why the firm raised a down round at 1 billion valuation? So this guy's saying, why did Voyager, who was valued at $3 billion in 2021, round do another raising of capital, but they only accepted a $1 billion valuation, which means all those previous investors got, got hit like by a 33% write-down of, of the valuation. 
It says speculation here, but in its quarterly report, Voyager had loaned $320 million to a Singapore-based entity named Counterparty B. One has to wonder whether Counterparty B was 3AC, and if so, how much of a hit Voyager took. It says they shares are down 33%. That kind of corresponds with the valuation of the most recent fundraise. <clears throat> okay, so what do you think about that? All right, leave a comment below if you have any questions. Um, I'm going to keep moving on. So to further explain and understand Voyager's situation, the last month in the crypto industry should serve as a lesson for experienced and new participants alike. Yield, often generated with layers of unsecured leverage on bearer assets, is a ticking time bomb. One of the largest reasons that, it, that the effects of the contagion have been so strong has been due to this unsecured leverage. So anytime uh, a, a platform offers yield, you should know where that yield comes from. But most likely, it looks like this yield is coming from risky stuff. So it's unsecured leverage. So what does that mean? That means that I put my money into Voyager. Voyager says they'll pay me a, a fee, a, give me a yield for that for that crypto that it that's on their on that I put onto their platform, and then they turn around and they leverage it, and there's nothing securing that leverage. They owe me, and now somebody else owes them. So it's like this cascading issue that can spiral down. And that would explain a lot about how, why the industry is just kind of tanking. All right. So it says unsecured lending and the systemic risk it unveils throughout an industry is the very thing that Bitcoin was created to stop. The root problem, this is a, a quote from Satoshi Nakamoto. And Satoshi Nakamoto is uh, the creator of Bitcoin in the white paper, I'm assuming, but this is just a quote from him, according to this article. The root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency. But the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. Banks must be trusted to hold our money and transfer it electronically, but they lend it out in waves of credit bubbles and barely a fraction in reserve. Does this sound familiar? Now, the next story is about the bailouts of both BlockFi and Voyager. I want you to remember this Satoshi Nakamoto quote, okay? Because I'm going to come back to this. So why don't we go on to our next story? So we got BlockFi and Voyager failing because of three errors capital, basically. I'm sure there's other issues, but these failures are causing other asset prices to go down, which is forcing liquidations across the board. So you have these cascading liquidations all being pulled down by these major events. All right. So people need to bail out or they're going to go under. And if they go under, your and my money is going to be lost. Bitcoin billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried, this is author Ryan Brown, reports for CNBC. Bitcoin billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried bails out and battle crypto firms BlockFi and Voyager. It says FTX Bankman-Fried's crypto exchange agreed to provide crypto lender BlockFi with a $250 million revolving credit facility. Alameda Bankman Freed's quantitative trading firm, so it's called Alameda Research, committed $500 million in financing to Voyager Digital crypto brokerage. So there you go, $250 million to BlockFi, $500 million to Voyager Digital. Bankman Freed has emerged as something of a savior of the $900 billion crypto market as it faces deepening liquidity crunch okay i just want to play a little video here so 
Let's rewind it to the beginning. It's only two minutes, so here you go. The crypto world is now going to get a bailout, and it's coming from one of their own. Kate Rooney joins us now with how Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of crypto exchange FTX, is keeping the industry as prices take a hit. He's keeping them stable. How, Kate? Hey, Dom. Yeah, that's right. Sam Bankman-Fried is really becoming the industry's lifeline during a crisis lately. The CEO of FTX is behind hundreds of millions of dollars in emergency loans in the past week or so. First, it was to BlockFi through FTX, then half a billion dollars, roughly, through his quant trading firm to Voyager. It comes amid a plunge in crypto prices. We had some hedge funds failing to meet margin calls. All of this is sparking questions about solvency across multiple crypto firms. The industry does not have a lender of last resort or access to Fed insurance. Bankman-Fried really getting a lot of credit for stepping up here with private financing. Some on Twitter calling him the hero right now of the industry. There's comparisons to Warren Buffett back in the financial crisis. Or if you go way back, J.P. Morgan in the panic of 1907, bailing out the banks before the Fed was even created. But the move is also self-preservation. It's key to keeping his own businesses afloat. Sources I've been talking to say a high-profile crypto failure would be devastating for the industry, therefore FTX. And more crypto contagion could also spark retail investors to leave the industry altogether, which FTX really relies on. And then there's the term sheets. These are not public, but sources I've been talking to who have seen the fine print tell me they're not sweetheart deals, meaning he's getting a pretty high interest rate. And it could pave the way for M&A as well, Dom, if BlockFi or Voyager default on these loans. So, so Kate, I, I've just got a few moments left here. Are, are any other private companies going to step up and do what he did? You could see that. Sources have been telling me that you could see something like a consortium of private crypto companies, but it does put the pressure on some of the crypto peers here with more cash on their balance sheet. Sam Bankman-Fried stepping up could inspire some of the other ones, I'm told, to keep an eye out for that, or even more loans from Sam himself. So... I think this is fascinating. Uh, you have FTX, Sam Bingman Freed. He's the CEO, founder of FTX. FTX is a, is a crypto exchange. It's a really large crypto exchange. Um, and Sam Bingman Freed's worth, I don't know, a few billion dollars. And uh, so <clears throat> basically, he's setting himself. I, I see all these exchanges consolidating all these exchanges and funds consolidating and the stronger the stronger gets stronger and the weaker get bought up and gobbled up by the stronger so i see that happening so i think this is the beginning of that i i wouldn't be surprised if binance maybe does something in coinbase these are both major major exchanges coinbase could really do that right now but they're laying off 20 percent of the workforce so i don't know but ftx seems to have some money in the coffers anybody else was i and i'm pretty sure last thing i saw coinbase had seven billion i don't know if they still have that much but but Binance has also got a ton of money. So I think this is fascinating. This is good for the industry. This is going to create more strength, consolidation. It also means that you're getting too big to fail groups. So you're going to need some sort of in, some sort of uh, something like oversight or regulation or insurance or something. Uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. So let's move on. All right. Now. All these bailouts don't stop. As I mentioned earlier, in the midst of all this, Celsius halted withdrawals due to extreme market conditions. Well, who is Celsius? Celsius is a crypto lending company. And kind of like a bank, 
but not really. Well, what happened to them? So you like deposit your stuff and you get high yields or you give them or you do loan or you take out loans and most of them are, are collateralized, but I guess, I don't know what let's look and just find out what happened to them. Author Stacy at Elliott reports for decrypt how the Celsius liquidity crunch is linked to Lido's staked Ethereum. A core piece of Celsius's earned strategy relies on staked ETH, not losing parity with your Ethereum, but it has and now customers want their money back. All right, so I'm just going to read this to so you can understand this. Um, staked ETH represents Ethereum that's been locked up on the Ethereum 2 beacon chain. It's a network that will soon be merged with the Ethereum mainnet. So basically, Ethereum is upgrading and they're running tests. So they're asking people to stake their Ethereum so they can use those that Ethereum to run the testing of the new upgraded chain and you're getting you're getting paid a percentage interest return for doing so and it says so someone created a synthetic version of ETH, so you could deposit your eth with lido and lido would stake it and in return give you staked eth and you can turn around and you can go out and you can use that staked ETH to lend or borrow and get even more yield derivatives sound familiar cdos 2008 collapse uh mortgage back more uh, uh credit default swaps and uh and and like all the stuff that went down with aig etc anyway i digress normally users um yeah so that's that so that's that okay celsius does precisely that that with its own clients funds but now a day after celsius paused customer withdrawals swaps and transfers to put celsius in a better position to honor over time its withdrawals obligations that's what the company said there's growing concern over the lending company's exposure to staked eth the company has at least 475 million dollars worth of staked eth in public wallet Celsius works by stake, staking customers' deposits, in this case Ethereum, and yield-generating decentralized finance protocols like Lido, like I was just told you. In return, Celsius receives staked ETH, which increases in value as the deposits earn rewards. Celsius makes money by paying its customers their promised rate of return. Recently, that's been between 6 to 8% on ETH deposits and keeps the rest. And the value proposition for Celsius depositors is that they are promised a fixed rate of return on their ETH. So Madoff much, Bernie Madoff pro promised people a fixed rate of return. How can he do that? <laughs> By, well, I don't even think he was making the investments. I don't know what Bernie Madoff was doing with it. But but yeah, like if you're guaranteed a rate of return, like you got to ask yourself, how are they doing this? And, you know, it's a it's a complex web of derivatives and leverage, et cetera. So no good, no good. Well, so on this note, based on the Coinbase, sorry, based on the Coin Bureau's recent report, and there's a description below, you can you can watch that. It is rumored that because Celsius pulled $500 million out of the Terra Luna ecosystem. So remember, you know, Anonymous is going after Do Kwan, the founder and creator of Terra Luna. Well, then when that collapse happened, the Celsius pulled $500 million out of the UST stablecoin and 
others pulled out of Celsius. This would support the argument that Celsius was attacked. So Celsius CEO Alex Machinsky Machinsky's it maintains that they were attacked, and there are rumors that they were attacked. So it sounds to me like they were taking a lot of risk and getting into these complex web, web derivatives that all you need is one thing to go down and then there's cascading and you're putting all these people's anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Hold on one second. So it's rumored that because Celsius pulled their money out of Terra Luna, that others pulled out of Celsius and they saw a bunch of withdrawals that would support the argument that Celsius was attacked. This could be true. It could also be true that Celsius was acting like bankers pre-2008 and pre-Dodd-Frank, not keeping enough liquid capital on hand, under-calculating risk, and poor management of customer assets or deposits. It's funny coming from a company whose CEO has come out saying that he's anti-bank, wanting people to leave the banking sector. Then it would, see, it would seem similar mistakes have been made. This makes me feel like I'm safer in the traditional banking system than I am in crypto if these companies are mispricing risk and putting my assets at risk. You could argue that people shouldn't keep their crypto on exchange or deposits and or, or deposit in lending protocols. I get that. You can make those arguments. But that would be saying no to DeFi. I'm a Bitcoin first person. Obviously, my alias is Bitcoin Stylist, but I do believe in Web3 and the use of utility tokens, native coins, and tokenization of other assets. So we will need these platforms or exchanges or protocols to have more transparency and disclosures of risk. I would also like a standardization of measuring risk if that is possible. I also think anyone that is taking deposits and using them to make money need to be subject to audits, stress tests, and capital controls. Do you hate that I say that? I get it if you do. I personally believe that with sensible regulation, the industry will flourish. But if you have this bullshit going on, the regulators, legislators, and masses will not want this space to succeed. We need adoption, which means, and we need friendly regulation. We do not need bank runs, withdrawal halts, bailouts, and bankruptcies. If you were cool with all that, then why don't you just stay in the current banking system? That happens all the time. Except for there's insurance and a lender of last resort so you could bail people out. We should have more stability in our infrastructure in crypto. We already have volatility in price. We don't need the infrastructure to be unstable. As a matter of fact, check out this last and final story. For those of you who do not like what I'm saying about the traditional banking system, you are delusional if you don't see this, okay? And if you strongly disagree with me, I want to hear from you. I am willing to change my mind, okay? But right now, it seems crazy and maybe a little stupid. Okay, so author Tracy Wang reports for Coindesk, Goldman Sachs leading investor group to buy Celsius assets, sources say. The Wall Street firm is seeking $2 billion in commitments from investors to buy distressed assets at steep discounts if the crypto lender goes bankrupt. Remember Satoshi Nakamoto's quote? Let's read it again. Let's go back. The root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted to not debase the currency, but the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. 
Banks must be trusted to hold our money and transfer it electronically, but they lend it out in waves of credit bubbles with barely a fraction and reserve. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying now? Do you saying like the creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, which is basically stem the entire crypto space, is out there calling out, calling out before it even happened. This bull BS, like everybody's just like being just like the banking system and lending the money out with no reserves and failing and needing bailouts. It's BS. All right. So now if you really know how I really feel. Okay. I think it's funny how all this works. So you got my opinion. Well, this article says that Goldman Sachs is not going to put their own money up. They're just looking for other people to do so. Also, let me read this for you. Where is it? Okay. In addition to hiring Alvarez and Marcel, they are a, uh, let's see, who is Alvarez and Marcel? They're a restructuring advisory firm, restructuring as in bankruptcy. Okay. In addition to hiring Alvarez and Marcel, Celsius has tapped restructuring attorneys from law firm Akin, Akin Gump, Strauss, Hauer, and Fell. That's a long ass name. The Wall Street Journal reported earlier this month. Global investment bank Citigroup has also been enlisted by Celsius to advise on possible solutions, including an assessment of an offer from rival crypto lender Nexo. Citigroup and a King Gump have both recommended Celsius file for bankruptcy, according to people familiar with the matter. Citigroup declined to comment and a King Gump did not immediately respond for comment. So what do you think about all this? You got... Crypto firms who talk smack saying that they're going to get, they're going to like, they're going to be like, oh, no more banking system BS. Oh, but now I need bailouts and I need to go to Goldman Sachs to help me figure this out. And I mean, it's just, so what do you think? Do you think regulation that would help manage this stuff would be a good thing? Are you pro-regulation, anti-regulation? What do you think about these bailouts? Are you nervous? Do you use BlockFi, Voyager, or Celsius? I use Voyager and BlockFi. I'm happy to see that they're getting bailed out by FTX, but I'm glad I don't have money on Celsius because they're not getting the, the same bailout. They're the ones taking all the risks. And then, of course, you got the hedge fund, 3AC. Why is Voyager and BlockFi giving those out? Maybe if FTX, maybe if FTX just buys BlockFi and Voyager, they can subject them to more conservative practices. FTX isn't having any problems. What do you think about this? Let me know. Leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. And that's the news. That's your updates. Take care and hodl on.